Good morning. Welcome to Harvest Point. What a great, great moment of worship I have just experienced, and I know many of you as well. My name is Jose Rodriguez, and for those of you that are here for the first time, I uh, just want to give a brief introduction of who I am, and I am the pastor of La Gran Cosecha, which is the Hispanic ministry of, of Harvest Point, and Every time Pastor Stephen gives me the opportunity to, to fill in his shoes, I get both excited and nervous, and uh, because it's it's um it's just a great joy to to, to be here with with my, my Harvest Point family and to have the opportunity to share God's word uh, with each and every one of you and and I just wanted to briefly before I get into the message, and I don't know if. David remembers this, but I've been in Harvest Point since uh, the year 2006, and um, my wife, my family, and I, we were going through some, it was a spiritual roller coaster. We were, we were battling uh, some deception. We were heartbroken, and we were seeking uh, God's healing before we would continue our next step, our next journey into the ministry, and uh, we've been praying, and and we've been visiting churches, uh, at, and sadly, when they would find out and they would know that, you know, we're a pastoral family, you know, we would get kind of like the brush off, you know, like, what does he want? Is he wanting to take my job? And, you know, he wants to take my pulpit. And we're just looking for where, to, where we would plug in and, and serve in whatever um, area was needed in the body of Christ. And we, we had met Stephen. And we shared the vision of what we wanted, uh, what we felt that God wanted us to do, and, but we just didn't know what direction we were going. And, and Stephen had invited us over, and, and I remember we came the first time, and, and then we didn't come back like for another month because we had other obligations with other churches that we were invited to, to share God's word. And I remember we, were, we felt like we were spiritually homeless when we finished our commitments, we were like, wow, where are we going to go now? I mean, where, where are we? So I told Angie, and I said, Angie, why don't we just go ahead and, and go to Stephen's church? You know, we had forgotten the name and stuff. You know, I didn't, we, we forgot it was Harvest Point. We just said Stephen's church, like if he owned the place. So, so we can't. We, we went. We were in the, that old warehouse uh, behind Peachtree Peddlers, and, and uh, as we walked in and we were in the middle of worship, David came to us. And while we were greeting each other, you know, David just, and I know it was, it was actually the Holy Spirit who used David and told me and said, um, it's not an accident why you are here. It was the Holy Spirit that brought you here for a reason. And that was like my second visit. And it was like such a refreshing word to me. And here we are since 2006, started a, a, a Hispanic ministry in 2009 where where God has just been blessing us and blessing us. And I just want to honor David for being, you, being led to bring that word to us where it confirmed this is where we belong. Amen? And uh, God is just so awesome. And seeing that uh, everything that he has done in our lives and what he's doing here, I'm just so excited to be here and getting ready to share God's word with each and every one of you. Amen? All right, let's get to it. Now, 
If I say a little bit of some Spanish words, don't think that I'm doing the Ricky Ricardo. Uh, you know, I, I, I preach in Spanish every Sunday. So when I have to, tw- you know, tweak it a little bit, I'm going to try my best. to Because in, in theology, English is my second language. So, you know, but it'll be all good. God will be glorified and we're going to have we're going to have fun. Now, one of the things that as a congregation, uh, La Gran Cosecha, is we're focusing on is actually focusing to get closer to Jesus. You know, lately, and, and this is something that has been pressing onto me, is that the church of God, not saying this church, I'm saying the church of, of God, um, I remember way back when, when, when I was a kid and we used to go to, to service, and the first thing that everybody did when they walked in the, the house was they would find themselves a little corner and they would kneel down and they would pray for the service. We, were, we wouldn't greet each other until after the prayer time because we wanted, to, well, we wanted to welcome the Holy Spirit first. And I remember that my grandmother used to teach me all that stuff. And, and when now, you know, it's like, it's like, I remember my grandfather said, nowadays churches have become a social club rather than the body of Christ. And I was always thinking, why would he say that? So I, I was pressed upon this year to, to, to go back to refocus on the purpose of why we come to the house of God, and it's to worship our Lord and Savior, remembering where he got us out of, and to praise him for who he is. Amen? Now, one of the most difficult things that we can experience is to change old habits into a corrective way of learning. Now, throughout the years, we have learned customs, we have learned traditions, we have learned beliefs that can either be correct or incorrect. Now, what I want to say with this is that, you know, one of the things that I love about the state of Georgia is that it holds so many great traditions. I mean, we, we go, we, we drive around and we go to certain areas and we see that, that it holds some, some, some good, good uh, old traditions that, uh, that we really appreciate as we learn more about the state. Now, it, it happens like that in churches. I mean, some, but some people, we come to, to a certain church because this is where we were born. This is what we do, and we do things because we've seen our parents doing it. And, uh, but we don't really know the purpose of the why. We don't do any research. So we just don't know the reason behind it. It's like the story of, of the lady that cuts the co- two corners of the ham. Have you heard of that? Yes? Yes? It's like uh, the daughter is saying, is saying, Mama, why do you always cut the two corners of the ham before cooking it? And she says, well, because I've seen my mother do it. Now, why don't we go and ask her? So they go back to their mom and say, Mama, uh, daughter's asking me, why do we cut the two corners of the ham before cooking it? I say, because I see you do it. Why do we do it? So she says, because my mother did it. So let's go ask her. So they would go back to grandma and say, Mama, you know, um, we got a question. I mean, I've always seen you cut the corners of the two, uh, two corners of the ham before cooking it. Why do we do this? So grandmama says, well, it's very simple. The ham was too big for the pot, so I had to make it fit. So I had to cut the two corners of the ham and cook it. So, so there's a reason, you know. But going down the generation through generation, they would do it because that's what my mother did. And that's what happens in real life. I mean, this is what happens even in churches. We do certain things because it holds tradition and, and because we've seen 
Other people do it, but we don't know the whys. There's always a reason for everything. Don't you agree? Now, as parents, we want for our children to have the best education, right? Now, therefore, we want them to have the best teachers. We want them to belong to the best schools. When we moved here 14 years ago, that was one thing that I was looking for was the, was the better schools for our children. And that's, and that's uh, something that every parent wants. We don't want to have our kids to be in a school where we feel that they're unsafe, that the, that the teachings is not what it's, what it's supposed to be. We, we want to look out for that. Now, since kindergarten until 12th grade, us as parents, we are drilling our kids. Get up in the morning. You got to go to school. Oh, my dad, my, my tummy hurts. No, you're faking it. Come on, let's go. Get up. You know, you got to go to school. Oh, dad, my head hurts. No, you're faking it. We, we drill it. You know, it's important for, you know, for us so they can wake up every morning and they can go to school and we do it here in and here out. Now, in school, our kids are there probably, what, six, seven hours every single day, Monday through Friday. Now, would it be awesome if we would have that same demeanor for our kids to come to church, to study God's word, to know who God is from day one, to learn who Jesus Christ is, to serve Jesus for who he is, to fall in love with Christ since an early age. And a lot of times I've failed to do that. And uh, of course, my kids love the Lord and all that stuff. And and sometimes I say, you know what, we're going to do a better job this year of getting closer to Christ. Why? Because we are so distracted with technology nowadays that we are strangers under one same roof. I mean, you go to houses nowadays and you see them with their, everybody's on Facebook, everybody's on Snapchat, everybody, even in their own living rooms. One day we were at, at home and I, start, and I started looking at them. They were just doing one of these, you know, everybody in the living room, the TV's on. Nobody even knows what they're watching. Everybody's on their television, on their telephones, you know. So I'm over here sending a group text. I said, hey, what's up, people? And, and, and then, you know, I get a response back. Hey, Dad, what's up? I said, well, just chilling, you know, trying to speak their language, you know, just chilling. Oh, okay, I get another one. Oh, okay, cool, yeah, this is great. So what you been up to? How was your day? We're ha-. And all of a sudden I say, you know how pathetic this, this looks? Here we are. Why don't we talk, you know? And that's what's going on now. We're losing focus because technology is so advanced that we've lost focus in what the word is. But now everybody knows about everybody else's business on Facebook rather than knowing what God's business is, is through his word. Amen? Now, one of the promises from God is that no matter what kind of problems we may have, we would have teachers that will teach us. Agree? No matter, what pro- no matter what kind of problems we may have, we would have teachers that will teach us. Now, we're going to read this in, in, in God's Word, and we're going to study some, some scriptures that will back this up. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 20 through 22, says this. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction... Your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. 
then you will dis desecrate your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold. You will throw them away like a menstrual cloth and say to them, away with you. You have your outlines with you? I'm going to try to do the Stephen Ushery style and see if it works, okay? All right, here we go. Now, there is a reason why we congregate. To congregate does not mean to come to church once a week. To congregate means to belong, to unite, to socialize. Meaning that, in, I remember in my mentality when I first came to Christ, in my mind I was just going to be the Sunday Christian behind the scenes. I wanted to sit behind, on the last row. It don't matter if the front row was empty. I wanted to sit on the back row because when service ended, I was out the door. I, did, I paid my dues. I went to church. Now the week goes on. Then I learned that this is not the reason why God has allowed me to congregate. He wants me to belong to a family in Christ. He wants me to unite with brothers and sisters in the Lord. He wants me to socialize with Christian people because this is the way of growth. This is where I will learn to walk closer to God and to love Christ and to know Christ for who he is. Testimonies of God's power, testimonies of other brothers and sisters that's gone through different turmoils in life and how God has raised them and how God has shown himself through different circumstances and through different situations. Amen? Now, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 12 through 13 says, Assemble the people, men, women, and children, and the foreigners residing in your towns, so they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully all of the words of this law. Their children who do not know this law must hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan, the process. Now, it pleases God, write this down, it pleases God that his people will be people of wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding. The Bible says that there will be false preachers that are going to rise up, false prophets that are, that are going to rise up. We, we've, seen, we've seen different teachings that are against the Word of God, and, and, and we just choose not to study and not to confirm what the man or women of God is saying through His Word. Yet here we are on a Sunday, and somebody can come up to the stage and preach any kind of topic that you might want to listen to. It sounds pretty, it sounds nice, but it's against God's will, and it's against God's Word. Now, you can hear all the amens and all the yes, hallelujah, because I decide I'm not going to look at the Scripture, I'm not going to study God's Word, and I'm just going to agree with whatever my friend in the pulpit is saying. Now, what God wants is for us to be full of His wisdom, full of His understanding, knowing His Word, knowing His heart, 
understanding his purpose, understanding his will, so that way we, can, we will know how to defend God's honor for any person that wants to come and confuse the children of God. Amen? Now, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 through 8 says, See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commended me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today. Now, if we would despise wisdom, the Bible says we become foolish. Write those down. If we despise wisdom, we become foolish. We become foolish because we lose interest, we lose passion for what's important and for what matters the most. How many of you saw the movie War Room? We were talking about War Room earlier. Now, I have the movie. I have the movie at home. And for those of you, those of you that didn't see it, I'm not going to tell you about it. But one of the things that I do when I, in each and every movie, I'm, I like to look at the special features. You know, and the, the special features talks about this little Italian lady named Molly Bruno. Now, they compare Claire in the movie, to Molly Bruno. Now, Molly, Molly was 92 years old. She, she saw the whole footage of the movie. They used her Bible uh, in that last prayer session. So she was just blessed. Now, they, the guys that made the, the, the movie, they interviewed Molly Bruno. She was the prayer warrior of, of all times. And the question was asked, you know, people love the Lord. For those people that love the Lord and they are in, in prayer time and they feel like prayer does not, it's just not, not there. I, I don't know if, you, if it's happened to any of you guys, but sometimes you, you, we pray and, and we're just not, we feel like our prayer is not going up the roof. And, and uh, what, she was asked, why would that be? And she just said something very simple. They lost passion. They lost desire. They lost all kinds of, 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 of love. For Christ, but she says this: If you ask him for help, he will reproduce that passion, that love in you for him. And that was that was so so neat to hear. And when I saw the movie, man, I was encouraged. I didn't I didn't empty out my closet by no means, but I found myself a, another tabernacle to spend that quality time for the Lord. One of the things that we're doing in our ministry, we're doing two things. Number one, if you guys look, look to the back of uh, to the corner of my right, you see Angie. Angie, go ahead and wave. Angie is, Angie is the love of my life. You guys know her. And behind Angie, there's a, there's a tripod and there's, a, and there's a, a cell phone. And what's happening is that 
How many of you have heard, have heard of, of uh, Periscope? Anybody here heard of Periscope? Well, we're broadcasting live, so everybody around the world just listened to David's testimony. They are listening to this sermon, and there are some life-changing people right at this moment. I guarantee you that. Amen? So that's one. The other thing that God allowed us to do is uh, there's a ministry called Altar 24. Altar 24 is also a podcast, and every Wednesday I record a message, uh, and it's and it's heard throughout all South America, and it comes live every Tuesday on the website, altar24.com. It's all in Spanish, so if you don't want to learn Spanish, go ahead and listen to it. Um, and, uh, and it's just great opportunities for us to share God's word with everybody around the world. Now, one thing that I, that I shared this past week is about the importance of spending that quality time with the Lord, 15 minutes. 20 minutes of, the, of our time, it'll allow us to grow in the Lord. God doesn't want us to be just Sunday Christians. God wants to have a relationship with us every single day, to have a conversation with him, to, to have some special time with him. It's like if, if my kids come to my house and I'm just fully ignored and I'm there, you know, and they just walk around and they just help themselves to the fridge and, and all that other stuff and I'm just there, no high. No, hey, dad, what's going on? And they just help themselves. They walk around me, and I'm just fully ignored. You know, that's going to be some nasty feeling because, you know, as parents, we're going to say, well, wait a minute. Don't I get a hug? Don't I get a hello? Don't I get a, a, a what's going on in your life, dad, or, or being acknowledged? And I feel in my heart that that's the same way with God, that if I wake up in the morning and I just take off and I just turn on the car and go to work and... And I just have guzzled down my breakfast, not even thanking him for, for the day. And I'm thinking that God is just, it's just unpleasing to him because he gave me life. He woke me up this morning, and, and I'm just walking very ungrateful, like if I deserve to be here. You know, now, now why is, and then God, you know, he'll wait for me. But, I'll, but, but if I put him on the sidelines, and then I have a horrible day, who am I going to blame? The Lord? It's going to be my disobedience. God is always there. And 15 minutes, he gives us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Every second, God gives it to us. 15 minutes of my day is going to be so pleasing to the Lord. 20 minutes of our day is going to be so pleasing to the Lord. Imagine talking to him all day and all night. Wouldn't that be neat? Wouldn't that be neat? I remember, I remember when uh, Angie and I started dating, um, and every time I knew, now back in, back in those days, there weren't no cell phones or anything like that, you know? Matter of fact, I didn't even have a phone in my house, you know? And uh, so, but there was a, a pay phone right up the street. So I had a divine appointment with my girlfriend, you know? And I had one of these little plastic chairs, and I used to walk it. And back in those days, you put 10 cents on the phone, you know, and you could talk, whoo, for hours. So every afternoon, here I go, my heart's racing, it's skipping a beat, you know. I'm here, my girlfriend, through the phone. So I'm sitting there, putting the 10 cents, and, and here I am, dialing, and, and we, would have, we would just have the neatest conversations 
And that's, and, and that's the passion that Jesus wants us to have with him, that our hearts skips a beat, that our hearts just, just races when we're, okay, Lord, it's going to be you and me now. It's going to be you and me. I can't wait for this moment. Every time I had to wait for Angie in front of the college, you know, because I would say, you know, I got nothing else to do. You know, I, I, I didn't really want to be honest and say, Lord, girl, I am head over heels over you. So, but uh, every time I knew that she was, I was here coming out the bus or something like that, it was just an exciting moment for me. It was just so, so exciting. Even to this day when I go home and, and I know that we're going we're gonna to fellowship at the table. And um, that's, it's just exciting times. I just love my family. And that's the way God wants us to, to, to feel for him. That God, you know, now at, at this time that I've prepared to give you just my full attention, I just can't wait. I can't wait to hear your voice. I can't wait to feel that you're hugging me. I can't wait to, to sing to you. I can't wait to just, to just have this, this moment with you, Jesus. I can't wait. And so tell everybody at home, do not disturb me. I'm going to have my divine appointment with my Father in heaven. And to get down on my knees and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I'm not going to give him a Santa Claus list. I just, want to see, I just want to fall in love with him. I just want to hear from him. And that's what God wants his church to be, a loving, praying church. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And because we decide not to take time to learn of these instructions, we make, write this down, we make mistakes that can destroy us. Because we decide not to take time to learn these instructions, we make mistakes that can destroy us. You know what God really wants? He wants to protect us. He wants us, he wants us to know more of him. He wants us to, to, to know the instructions that are, that are placed in his, in his word because he wants us to be protected. Nowadays, I mean, we're living in sometimes in, in some crazy, crazy moments. I mean, I am, I am a firm believer that it's almost time for all of us to go home. It's almost time, you know, the second coming of Jesus Christ is right around the corner. I am so excited about that. I am so excited about Jesus Christ coming back and taking his children home because this mess called world is just destroying itself. Sin is just destroying this world. But we have a Father in heaven that is getting ready. He's preparing our home to come and get us for us to go where we belong. Amen. And every time I have to pay rent, that's when I ask the question, are you coming today? Every time I have to pay my car note, what about today? No? All right, let me write this check. 
it neat that when we go back home, we don't have to worry about mortgage or rent or light bill or power bill. We're just going to live a life of grace, an eternal life of joy, and we're just going to have fun. I just can't wait to see Jesus' beautiful face, to give him a hug, and to say thank you. Thank you because I did not deserve to be here, but here I am because of your stripes. God is so good. And lastly, I want to read what it says in the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verses 6 through 12. And the Bible says this, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also rejected you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. The more priests there were, the more they sinned against me. They exchanged their glorious God for something disgraceful. They feed on the sins of my people and relish their wickedness. And it will be like people, like priests, I will punish both of them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. They will eat but not have enough. They will engage in prostitution but not flourish because they have deserted the Lord to give themselves to prostitution old wine and new wine. Take away their understanding. My people consult a wooden idol and a diviner's rod speaks to them. A spirit of prostitution leads them astray. They are unfaithful to their God. And, and that, break, that breaks God's heart. That really does break God's heart because there's so much confusion going on in this world. I mean, these social medias, it's like a two-edged sword. And one thing that I share with my children, and I tell my kids, I say, you know, if we use it for the right reasons, then it's okay. But there's so much evil out there. There's so much there's so many people out there that, that wants to destroy. Christians, we're being persecuted now. It's like we lost all rights. And sin has gained all rights. And you can't help but think and wonder, what is going on? The answer is very simple. God is preparing the way to take us home. This world is going to destroy itself, but God will show himself to his people. We have nothing to fear, people of God. We have nothing to fear. Because even though the wickedness is surrounding us, just like we heard our brother David, 
how it is that in his room there was a demonic force. We experience that day in and day out. But as I was listening to David share that part of his testimony, I was reminded of what God said in his scripture where he says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So if God is for us, who can go against us? Nobody, absolutely no force of evil can come against you, people of God, because greater is he who is in you than the snake that's in the world. Now, we're going to go ahead and we're going to have some prayer time, but I am just so blessed, so blessed. Every time I wake up in the morning and and we've gone through challenges in life, challenges in ministry, challenges here, challenges there. It's okay. It's part of the process. But we serve such a beautiful God. Such a beautiful God that puts everything together. Here we are, you and I, in this living room of glory, in this house of worship, experiencing the beautiful presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. Now, I see a lot of new faces, you know, because I don't see everybody every day. Our service is at 6 o'clock, so when we come to get ready, you guys are enjoying the football game, and I'm just recording it for when I get home. I, if my team loses, I'll, I won't even see it. I'll just delete it. But we miss. I, I miss you guys. You know, I miss... Smacking these congas around, and, uh, and, and I remember having so much fun with it. And I'm so blessed to see so many new faces in the house. Now, I also don't know your spiritual condition. We heard great testimony this morning. But how is your private time with the Lord. How is that divine appointment between you and God on a daily basis? Do we leave God in the pulpit when we leave this house and pick him back up either the next Wednesday or the next Sunday? It's time to to change that dynamic and to remember our Father, our Father wants to have a one-on-one every day with his children. He deserves it. He surely does. And I also don't know, and I want to give the opportunity for you who have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, because let me tell you, you don't want to miss the boat when Christ comes again. You do not want to miss that boat. You want to hang out with us. You would want to hang out with us. And this is very simple. I mean, it's so simple to receive Jesus. And I still can't understand why so many people fight with it. You know, problems are going to be there. We live in a messed up world. But man, so exciting when 
And we just open our hearts to Christ and say, Christ, you know what? I can't do it without you. I am a sinner. Would you come and live in me? Because I want to serve you. I'm tired of fighting a battle that I'm losing. I'm tired of fighting these addictions that are consuming me. Would you live in my life, Lord? Every eyes closed, every head's bowed. Every eye closed, every head's bowed. I want to give you this opportunity before we'll continue through the next part of the service. But I want to just give you this opportunity. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to, but God knows who he's speaking to right now. And give you the opportunity to stop fighting with Jesus. Stop fighting it. It's okay to come to church. It's great. It's a great first step. But to accept Jesus today, that means everything. That means that your life is saved. You will not miss the boat. Now, everybody is praying, and I know, and I remember, because I am sometimes, when it comes to this moment, there's a battle. Satan don't want you to, to, uh, to, to make this commitment. He doesn't really care if you come to church or not, but that commitment, he is going to fight you for it. He doesn't want you to make that commitment, but Jesus does. This is why he died for you on the cross. He came to this earth to save us, and he paid the price on the cross for you and for me. Now, I'm just going to say this prayer. You just repeat it right there and then, and if you did it, and if you do it in your heart, there's going to be a party in heaven because you were saved. And the prayer goes like this. You say, Lord Jesus, I am tired of fighting a losing battle. I welcome you into my life. I want you to be my God and for me to be your child. I will serve you and I want to have a loving relationship every day with you. Forgive me for all of my sins those known, those unknown. Break every addiction from my body, from my mind, and from my spirit. I honor you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.